please email sessions at kcou.fm. Work it, make it, do it, makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Work it harder, make it better, do it faster, makes us stronger, more than ever. After our work is never over. Work it harder, make it better. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Uh, it's Ethan Salm. I'm back in studio here with Nick Catlin. We're just excited to be back here. It's been a long time, I think, since the beginning of March, since we've been in here in the studio. What a crazy time to be alive and in the world right now. But we are just happy to be back here with you. Good morning, Nick. Good morning to you, Ethan. And we are live. That we are. KCOU Studio A in Columbia, Missouri. Couldn't be happier to be back. Uh, so some some big stuff happened uh, this summer uh, involving Nick, and he's actually got a new gig. He's a writer for Arrowhead Live, which is a uh, Kansas City Chiefs website, and he's been writing some articles for them. And if you're interested in checking up on any of his content, they are at arrowheadlive.com, or you can check out his Twitter at Catlin Nick. Uh, big moves being made by Nick to, uh, to, you know, just stay involved with his favorite NFL team. You want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing for Arrowhead Live? Basically, I'm just writing weekly columns. I've already written two. First one being about Juan Thornhill. Second one being about the entirety of the offensive line. And then this next one I've got coming up is going to be about kicker Harrison Bucker. Really excited about it. It's going to be a fun little piece on one of the best kickers in football. I know I've been starting to check out his stuff, even though I'm not a Chiefs fan, just keeping up and checking in on all that stuff. And I recommend that you do the same. He's producing some good work. Once again, you can check that out on arrowheadlive.com or follow along when he tweets out his articles from his Twitter account at Catlin. Nick, all right. Are you ready to hop into the show? Let's get it. We've been waiting for months to do this, and we are back into it. All right. We're tar- starting uh, the today's show with a little bit of soccer. Reports say Lionel Messi has requested a transfer from his home club of FC Barcelona. Of course, he's been with that club for almost his entire career. He's come up with them. He's come up through the youth academy, and he's played years and years and years with their senior team. Uh, after requesting a transfer from them, who will Lionel Messi be playing for next season? For me, I wrote this on Friday, and it's looking less and less likely by the day, but FC Barcelona is who I said about midweek to the end of last week, and it's looking less and less likely, but if Barcelona can make a move or do something to improve the roster, I believe history can repeat itself in terms of getting Messi back in a Barcelona jersey. The man has played there all of his career. He... They, the two appear to be inseparable, but like I said, looking more and more likely, especially with him not going to take the COVID test for the team, stating that he's not a part of the team. But that transaction fee, is it transfer fee or transaction fee? It's technically called a release clause. Release clause. Which means, for those of you that don't completely understand soccer, it differs, the contracts differ in the way that you can be taken out of the contract you can be traded just like you can in any other sport but some contracts have what they call a release clause in it which means that a rival club or another club could pay 
whatever the fee is that is allowed in your contract. For Messi, for example, it's $700 million. So if somebody pays Barcelona $700 million, they don't have to go into any transfer negotiations. They can just start negotiating with Messi on a transfer. But that's the big outlier in this whole situation because what is his, $100 million? What is his release clause? Yes. $700 million. $700 million. That's a lot of money we're talking about here. And what, you have four or five teams that can afford that? Nobody can afford that $700 million release clause. Yeah, so I'm confident in saying that Barcelona has a has is the clear favorite, at least if we're talking money, to keep him just based on that clause alone. So you stick. You're sticking with Barcelona. I got to stick with it. All right. Um, you know, I'm thinking that uh, with with all the developments that we've seen this morning with him not showing up for their COVID test and keeping up there, you know, staying away from the team, even though they're starting to do training and all that good stuff right now, I'm thinking it's very unlikely he's able to continue there. We're, I think we're going to see something along the lines of what happened with Ronaldo and Real Madrid. When Ronaldo left Real Madrid, he had a release clause as well, but his release clause was like up near a billion, I believe. And, uh, and that just wasn't going to get paid by anybody. But since Cristiano wanted to leave, Juve made Juventus made an offer to uh, Real Madrid that they considered adequate, and uh, and that let Cristiano Ronaldo leave because they found an offer that they liked. I think the same can be said with the way that Barcelona and Messi are in the same kind of limbo that Cristiano and Real were in. Granted. This is a little bit worse, but I think the team in pole position to secure his services would be Manchester City in England. There's there's the answer. They can afford his wages. Most teams cannot afford his wages. He makes a ridiculous amount of money a week. You know, the normal everyday club cannot afford his wages. But Manchester City, with the uh, money that they have, is one of, you know, three or four clubs in the world that could afford him, along with someone like PSG, who has the same kind of Middle Eastern ownership and that kind of stuff with the money and stuff that they have coming in. I also think that they will be able to provide... There's been talks that they're going to be able to offer a few players that Barcelona are interested in and some money along with that. I've seen, you know, $100 million plus Eric Garcia and Angelino. I'm not sure if that would be accepted, but I think that'd be a decent trade for both sides. I think Barcelona is very firm, as you said, about not wanting to let him go, which makes a lot of sense because it's difficult to let the greatest player of all time leave, you know, your club that he's been at for for years, but I do think the way Messi is going about this, especially if he doesn't show up as we get closer and closer to the season starts because of the way that COVID delayed the season. We I mean we we're supposed to have Premier League soccer next weekend. And we're supposed to have La Liga soccer, you know, not far behind that. So if he if he is if he's still holding out, he does mess I mean they're still paying his wages, I believe, and that does Barcelona no good. So I'm thinking that he will end up moving, and the most likely destination for a move is to Manchester City, although I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a team like Inter Milan or Paris Saint-Germain make a move for him as well. All right. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right. Moving off of the topic of soccer, we are moving back down to the NBA. Uh, The NBA 
is back, as we all know. They had a long hiatus, just like we did, due to COVID. And then they had a few games uh, missed this week on, what was it, Wednesday and Thursday? Yes. Uh, Due to a strike that they put on to protest uh, racial injustice following the shootings in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, this strike was led by the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, who are less than an hour away from Kenosha and followed along with teams all over in all different leagues. But they are back, and we are going to talk about them now. Giannis has been awarded the defensive player of the year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and there's been some controversy around this because there are other players that put up spectacular defensive numbers, as there are every year. So did Giannis deserve defensive player over the, of the year over a player like Anthony Davis, power forward of the Los Angeles Lakers? No, no chance. How can you even, I mean, if you look at the stats, how can you even argue that he is better defensively than Anthony Davis? There is no metric that even shows this. We look at steals. Giannis averages one steal flat. AD averages one and a half. And then for blocks, Anthony Davis averages over two. Giannis gets a measly one flat again. He averages one more block and a half a steal more a game. And along with that, Anthony Davis can defend the post better than Giannis can. And even if he has to switch on to a guard, I'm comfortable putting Anthony Davis on a guard as well. He's so long, so athletic at a 7'6 wingspan. One of the best athletes in the NBA, and he uses his height incredibly well and is very agile with that height, along with Giannis. Both are incredible defenders, but there's a clear answer here, and it's not Giannis. If you flip the stats here, Giannis would have won unanimously, but the stats are flipped in AD's favor. You got to think about it in that way, too, because if Giannis had these stats, I'd certainly say that Giannis deserves it, and he'd win in a landslide, but it's not that case. So looking at the numbers, you're absolutely right. You I mean you look at uh, I'm working on pulling it up here. You look at, you know, blocks and uh, blocks and steals are both being led by uh, Anthony Davis, as you said. I mean, you do look at things like, you know, rebounds, defensive rebounds, that kind of stuff are being led in the category by Giannis. Uh, but I mean, I think you're right. I think Anthony Davis definitely had a case for this. Am I upset that Giannis got it? No. Would I be upset if Anthony Davis was awarded it? Also no. I mean, at this point, you have two incredible defensive players, both of them with, you know, seven feet tall, seven foot wingspan, that kind of stuff that can pretty much guard anyone. You know, they both got the quickness. They both got the agility to keep up with some smaller players. Uh I mean, I do agree with all of your points on Anthony Davis, and he also probably had tougher matchups to play against defensively this year, playing in the much stronger Western Conference. So, I mean, it's tough. I'm not upset that they gave it to Giannis, but at the same time, I would have been okay if they would have gave it to Anthony Davis as well. This makes me sick looking at these numbers. This actually makes me sick. Because you look at these numbers, I'm looking at what Anthony Davis is doing, he has a spot. He's right up there with LeBron in the MVP talks, in my opinion. He's right up there. He averaged a 50% shooting from the floor, 33% from three. Add the two blocks and the one-and-a-half steals, along with 26 points, and shot 85% from the free-throw line. Man, that's just that's just crazy. It's crazy to me that that he that you aren't upset about this. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm not that upset about it. No. I mean, I'm that's not. that's incredible to me. Like, I just think 
I truthfully believe Anthony Davis deserved this award. I'm, I was shocked when I heard he didn't get it. I was, I was truly shocked. He's been the defensive anchor for the best team in basketball in the hardest conference in basketball. And when we have a premier uh, center or big man that can work in the post and block shots effectively like a guy like Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert and people like that, they usually get the award. So what's changed? I have, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really know. As I said, I, the numbers are there for Anthony Davis. I wouldn't have been upset if they would have given it to him. I, and, I, I mean, and it's not like he's been hurt. They, what it was 63 and 62 games started. I, they played the same amount of games. Uh, too. Yes. Anthony Davis played one less game. Man. So, so yeah, just about there. Neither of them dealt with. And Giannis got kicked out year. of a game in like the first minute when he head butted Mo Wagner too. So, so we didn't so even really the, play that So the game. exact same amount of games. Just, Granted, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't believe Anthony Davis has gotten ejected in the first quarter of a game. He's not that hot headed. I don't know. This is tough. How? I don't understand how it's tough. I don't. What's tough about it? Well, I mean, they aren't that different in things like steals. I mean, granted, blocks, Anthony Davis is doubling him in blocks. But as I said, you know, Giannis is out-rebounding him on the defense, uh, out-rebounding him on the defensive end by quite a large margin. What's AD averaging, like 10 rebounds a game? He's averaging nine nine. rebounds a game, but only seven of those come on the defensive end. Giannis is averaging 13 rebounds a game with 11 and a half of them coming on the defense. Okay, we need to understand that on defense, they like to let him rebound it so that I've seen him rebound. He's not jumping over people. They they let him grab it. But that's because he's you know the biggest player on the floor for them. Same same goes for Anthony. Up. Same goes for Anthony Davis. And they like to run it in transition. With yes, him. they do. So the numbers I mean it's like letting Russell Westbrook grab a rebound, pretty much essentially. For what the Rockets do with I'm Russ, not sure they, if it's that much. How playing down the down the court all they do is just like to push the ball up get a quick shot up maybe a dunk yeah but Giannis plays the power forward and Russell Westbrook plays the point guard in the point of the point of them rebounding the ball and pushing pushing and training but yeah that's I mean their style of basketball contributes to that though exactly that's what I'm saying but he's not rebounding over people we're talking about defensive stats AD dominates him well are we going to see him play in the finals if Giannis mm. makes it that far, I don't see him mm. making it that far. And he we'll he get into that. We'll get into that later. He doesn't want we'll get that. into that later. He doesn't he, want that. We'll get into that later. He doesn't uh, want that. He does not want that. But yeah, no. Nick very adamant here about about I mean, Anthony Davis winning. The proof is in the pudding. Two what? Two point three? Two point four blocks? Wait, what are you talking about? Blocks? Two point yeah. three for Davis. Uh, one. Like, that is just so ridiculous, dude. Like, I mean, because we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. They're the best team in basketball. They get Every time they play someone, they get their best effort every time. It's not like playing the Bucks in Milwaukee. You're not going to get the same level of energy from someone going to Milwaukee as going to the Staples Center, trying to beat LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and his hand-picked people. You're right. It's just you're right. I don't know when you think about things from that perspective and look at the numbers. There is a clear victor here, and it's not, and it's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. But with that, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're we are going to discuss the Coach of the Year award and who we thought deserved it. We'll be back soon. KCOU would like to shout out East Side Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. 
downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out. Afghanistan, joining IAVA.org really helps. It's a network of vets like me. Whether navigating the GI Bill or managing the transition home, we've got your back. Join our community at IAVA.org. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan, Veterans of America, and the Ad Council. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. Okay. Think. Where'd you have them last? I was home. Then I spent them on that vacation in this tiny suit of armor. Now they're gone. Weird. Weird? Not really. Not saving now means no money later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Oh, I broke his little gauntlet. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the Missouri Society of CPAs, and the Ad Council. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. We are back here inside Studio A here in the basement of the Missouri Student Center on the campus of the beautiful University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> um, and we are going to continue talking about the NBA. Next, we are talking about Coach of the Year. The Coach of the Year award was awarded to Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse uh, recently in the past week. And, I mean, Nick Nurse has an incredible story coming up. He's, he's won now Coach of the Year in the G League and in the NBA. He's got a great – I mean, he took over for former NBA for Coach of the Year Dwayne Casey. What was that last year? In the middle of the season, won the title last year, all that good stuff. So just a great story for Nick Nurse and, and now – the NBA has decided that he is the best of the best. But are we convinced? Did he deserve Coach of the Year? What do you think, Nick? No. Again, no. I don't understand what these people are watching. My my pick has got to be Billy Donovan, head coach of the o- Oklahoma City Thunder. To Last offseason, he lost two pieces, two centerpieces to his franchise, Paul George also known as Playoff P or Quarantine P, and Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple-Double himself, MVP candidate and someone who battled with LeBron in the early 2000s and mid-2000s, or 2010s, excuse me. And he lost both of those guys, and in return, he got only Chris Paul. And he used, and he and he got some young players from... Shai Gilgis-Alexander being the biggest piece. Yeah, from the Clippers in the trade with uh, Paul George. So he took Danilo Gallinari, Chris Paul, young talent in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and the sixth man of Dennis Schroeder, and took them to the fifth seed in the Western Conference, beating out teams like the Pelicans, who have 
you know, players like Zion Williams, Lonzo Ball, and the Lakers JV squad. Along with that, they beat out the Mavericks for a better seed, which has Luka Doncic, the best young player in basketball, and Kristaps Porzingis. Along with that, he he outpaced Portland with Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Nurkic, Zach Collins, and Gary Trent Jr. and all those role players they have. So, to me, this is a clear and clear decision to give this to Billy Donovan. I mean, I don't see anyone else who deserves it more than him. With losing the players he he lost and using Chris Paul, Gallinari, and Shea to get to the fifth spot, incredible. And they have a chance to win the series if they win the last two games against the Houston Rockets team, which showcase Russell Westbrook and James Harden. The Thunder have looked incredible this year. You are right. Billy Donovan's done an incredible job. There was some talk that he might actually lose his job. Uh, I think it was last offseason after the uh, Russell Westbrook-Paul George playoff uh, experiment. Didn't really work out. They also had Mello on that team. Uh, but once again, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say Nick Nurse did deserve this one, and I'm going to be I'm gonna be strong on this. Nick Nurse did deserve this one. He lost after last season. They won a title, and after you win a title in most major sports, you lose somebody. And in Nick Nurse's case, he lost a top-five player in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard. Oh, you know, finals MVP, all that kind of stuff. You've seen him play, and everybody has seen him play, and he's incredible. And he was the main reason, I think you can agree, that Raptors team won the finals last year, yes? Main reason, but not majority of the reason. Explain that. I mean, you had Fred Van Vliet playing incredible. Serge played great. Gasol played great. Kyle Lowry, that man against against your boy Giannis, he played better than Giannis in the series. Kyle Lowry outplayed Giannis. After all the crap we talked on Kyle Lowry, that man outplayed Giannis Antetokounmpo in a playoff series. All right. So, But Kawhi is the Kawhi main is, reason. Yeah, we can agree to, that Kawhi was the best you. player on that team and the Correct. main piece of that. To, okay. to agree with okay. you. Thank you. So he lost that player, and we saw what happened when somebody like the Spurs lost to Kawhi Leonard, and they just weren't the same after that. Granted, they still made the playoffs and looked good, but you know they haven't gotten back to what they were when they had Kawhi Leonard. Toronto finished the season at 53-19. and 19. Granted, they do play in the weaker Eastern Conference. I'll give you that. They don't have as much of a matchup and teams to beat out as the uh, – as the Thunder, as you said, with the with the Blazers and the Mavericks and all that stuff. But what seed was Toronto? The second seed? Last season? No, this the, season. Yeah, they're, they're the, the two. two seed. So, they I mean, they still beat out good teams. They beat out Jimmy Butler's Heat. They beat out the Boston Celtics. I mean, Philly didn't look that good, but they still have players that are good on that team. But and they beat them out. I mean, the Pacers aren't bad. They had a handful of all-stars on that team. So, they are still in the second seed without their best player. And they're playing. I mean, it hasn't looked like they've missed a step. And I did, and I failed to mention Pascal as well. Siakam. No, he's been incredible this year. After, and he's an did he win most improved player last year? Yes. Uh, I mean, so I mean, he's gotten even better. He was most improved player last year, and he's gotten even better this year. He's an all star for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, him and, and he, Lowry. Yes. So they I mean they do have two all stars, but at the same time they lost the best player on their team, and they haven't missed a beat. And I think most of that is to do with Nick Nurse, and they do have good role players on that team that have helped. But I mean, they still had dudes that you know aren't great NBA players that have stepped up and performed well in Nick Nurse's system. So I think that Nick Nurse does deserve this for how he has continued to win and look just as good 
without his best player after he left for also the Clippers, just like Paul George, uh, in the past offseason. And you can make that argument, especially if you look at how he how he has schemed defensively. Obviously, every Raptors game last year, if you look at the numbers, especially in the playoffs, just really low-scoring games, really making the other team work for their points. And he has the players who can do that for him, along with guys who can score, like Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and Siakam, enough to where they can beat teams like the Nets where they just destroyed the Nets in the first round. I don't mind the pick. This one I'm not as disgusted with because I do have a lot of respect for Nick Nurse and what he does for the Toronto Raptors organization. He's been a big help. Dwayne Casey, I think, was wrongly fired. However, it's the same kind of situation as Mark Jackson was with the Warriors. You had to move on and get something a little better, and the same result came, a title. So... Nick Nurse, big respect to him, and I I don't mind the pick. And just in general, you know, I don't even think I had – I'm not sure when we did our NBA preview, I'm not sure if I had the Raptors as a, even a top-six seed in the East this year. I don't, I'm not sure if I had them up there. And, I mean, they've – in terms of my expectations, they've greatly outperformed them, and I think a lot of that is to do with their young talent, but a lot of that is also to do with Nick Nurse, and it sounds like you do agree. Ready to move on? Yes, sir. With the Miami Heat sweeping the Indiana Pacers uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks taking, I mean, they won four straight, but they did lose game one, so it took them five games to beat the Orlando Magic with a little bit of a break in the middle. What are you looking forward to seeing in the series between the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks, which begins early next week? Oh, this is great. This is literally what I've wanted the whole time. The Heat are my, and I'm going to say this on air because I haven't gotten the opportunity to say it, for such a long time. But the Heat are my underdog team to make it out of the East. And I'm sticking with them. I'm looking forward to seeing the young talents. Duncan Robinson, who can shoot the lights out. In my opinion, best catch and shoot shooter in the NBA. Tyler Hero, who one of the best young talents. Along with that, Kendrick Nunn who has played incredible at the point guard position. Yeah, he'll re- been, and say he'll receive rookie of the year votes. Yeah, he will. And he's been he's been battling injuries lately, but it looks like he's going to be better. And Bam Adebayo out of Kentucky, as well as Tyler Hero. I mean, just incredible. I mean, this is just such an incredible young core. I'm just excited to see how they play against a legitimate title contender on a big stage. Obviously, no fans. I wish there were fans, but... It's 2020. We have to secede something. We're happy to just have the basketball at this point. Exactly. And I'm just excited to see how those guys play against Giannis and how they they are able to defend if they are having to switch on to them and what happens in that case. Because the Heat, they've got some dogs. I haven't even mentioned Jimmy Butler. And they've got Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. They've got uh, Jay Crowder as well. Dragic isn't someone to sleep on. He can get hot. It's going to be fun. This is this is the series I'm looking forward to the most. All right. In this series, I am specifically looking forward to seeing the matchup between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Bam Adebayo because we know they're going to be matched up against each other because, I mean, the Heat could put Jimmy Butler on Giannis and that wouldn't be a bad matchup. But I think to start out, they're going to see what happens with Bam and Giannis. And Bam can hold his own against him. I believe that firmly. 
but it's going to be completely on Giannis to try and break Bam down and see what happens. And then the second thing I'm looking for in that series is to see if Chris Middleton is going to be able to shoot a basketball because he has not had a good playoff so far. If I'm remembering correctly, he is not as good playoff so far. And he needs to be big in this series because this is not the magic that they're playing against this time. They're going to need more help than just Giannis, you know, scoring a triple-double. They're going to need some people to step up. They're going to need Bledsoe to step up. They're going to need Middleton to step up. They're yeah. going to need Brooke Lopez to score some points. The Bucks are going to have to show up in this series. And, I mean, at the beginning of that Heat series, they didn't really look like they were all there. Granted, toward, or, or at the beginning of the Magic series, they didn't look like they were all there. But, I mean, it got better as it went on. The last game yesterday was still kind of close in the fourth quarter. They pulled away at the end, but they're going to need their big-name players, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, to step up and score. I totally agree with you, and that's what makes this so interesting. Another name that I feel like needs to be said as well is DiVincenzo off the bench for the Bucks and uh, Pat Connaughton. Yes, sir. These are two guys who are going to need to be able to at least compete shooting with guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because if they don't, Boy, it's going to be a long series for Milwaukee. It's going to be a long series. Actually, or you know, it could just be a short exit. Who knows? If they if they aren't getting it. So the Bucks definitely favored in that series. But, I mean, please, please do not sleep on the heat. That is the message that we are trying to give you here. Because, I mean, and they played in the regular season. The games were good. Didn't the heat win this regular season series? I'm pretty sure the sure. heat won the regular season series with the Bucks this year. Let me find out. But, yeah, just a great series. This is the series to watch in the uh, in the second round here. The Heat has won two out of three. Yeah, so were they close? Uh, their game on August 6th wasn't close. The Bucks beat them by 14 with 33 from both Giannis and Chris Middleton. Both had 33 each. And then March 2nd they played. The Heat beat them by quick maths here. 16 or 17 16 and not a good game from Giannis I don't even know if Giannis played and then October 26 they played and Miami beat them by five and OT so yeah this is gonna be fun this this will be fun and I mean we know Eric Spolstra knows how to put a team together and win in the playoffs so so I am very much Looking forward to watching that with you this week. Yeah, I'm and, yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Like like I said, I honestly this mashup right here, like I love the Heat team so much. Like I love every player they have I on there. I love those jerseys. They're fun jerseys <laughs> to watch. I just love watching that team. They're such a fun team to watch. I love the mix they have. They feel like a college basketball team. We forgot to even bring up someone like Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, Derrick Jones Jr., an incredible athlete they have who starts, by the way. That's I was going to say, we forgot could, to bring him up. <laughs> I forgot could, about that altogether. Yeah, you could. Yeah, they have so many guys. I mean, Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder come off the bench. I mean, just an incredible roster. We know Andre Iguodala can help a team in the playoffs. He's, he's yes, won a finals MVP before. Yes, we do. And he can defend with the best of them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this will be fun. The The Bucks are going to have their work cut out for them as the one seed here. And we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss the biggest contract in NFL history, Patrick Mahomes, and who benefited most from it, the franchise or Patrick Mahomes himself. You are listening to 88.1 KCOU. We will be back shortly. Check out my new time machine. Does it work? Hit the button. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Napoleon. Oui. Check out the future. Hey, you have a nice house. Why don't I? You didn't save any money, buddy. If only there was a way I could go back in time and fix that. Yeah. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho provides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Two years ago, I killed my brother. That night, I had a few drinks, but I thought I was fine to drive us home. On the way... I lost control of my car and swerved off the road. The car rolled over seven times, leaving me hanging upside down. My brother was nowhere to be seen. I yelled for him, but there was little response. I found him 30 feet away on the side of the road. He was barely breathing. My brother died on the scene because of my poor judgment. I killed my brother. One decision can change your life. It changed mine. Visit www.tampatac.org for more information. All right, welcome back here inside Studio A. Once again, we're in the basement of the Missouri Student Center. And you are listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Columbia. We are now moving towards a little bit of NFL discussion when the season starts here in a little bit less than two weeks. So we are very excited for that and to see some football. I mean, speaking of that, college football started last night, but and that was a little bit exciting. You saw a 70-yard, 75-yard touchdown run, right, on the first play of the game? I did not see it, no. no. But little, it was Austin, game PA. Austin, PA, and Central Arkansas. So, you know, not the college football we're all used to, but still some college football uh, for us to watch. Now moving to the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, of course, signed an extension this offseason for 10 years, $503 million, the largest deal in NFL history, one of the largest deals in recent sports history. Uh, was this a better deal for Patrick Mahomes or the front office is the question. Just- but, but... Before we get into that, I'm going to have you, with your Chiefs perspective, explain this contract, how it works, what the guarantees are, what the opt-outs are, uh, what the opt-outs or team options look like for this contract. Well, I believe it, he doesn't have a big, a big guarantee, maybe like fifty or sixty million dollar guarantee, so they can cut him at any time and it not be completely terrible for the roster. And for the front office to deal with with a with a franchise with uh, or the payroll and the cap room. Now, with that being said, we have two years on his contract already because he hasn't he signed that rookie deal still on the rookie deal. So he actually has twelve years still on the Chiefs signed and ready, and it's looking like he's going to be able to play all that time. But to answer the question now, I believe that the front office actually won this deal due to the fact that they were able to keep all the pieces around him and have a unique contract set up to where 
he gets paid on the back half rather than the front half, keeping a lot of this young talent around him that he has and has been able to make him as great as he is, most notably being signing Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones to long-term deals this offseason, which Travis Kelsey, obviously one of the greatest receiving tight ends to ever play football, first tight end in NFL history to have four straight seasons of 1,000 yards or more receiving, and... Just incredible. Chris Jones, I'd label him probably the second best defensive tackle in football, maybe three behind Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald. Just them being able to keep these guys around and to keep continuing to compete for Super Bowls is vital to not only everyone in the front office, but for Patrick Mahomes and his endorsement deals and everything that he can get because he's already made probably a hundred million on endorsement deals that he has he has more than you can count and everyone wins in my opinion but the front office won more due to their ability to be able to to retain a lot of the talent they have the only guy they really lost notable last year was Kendall Fuller the guy who had the game ceiling pick against Jimmy Garoppolo last season but that's not go he went to Washington he went back to Washington well, that's two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is. But he got paid, and I can try and find his deal real quick. No, I'm not worried about it. No, no, I'll find it. All I'll right, but it. also, to, yeah, answer, go ahead. to answer this question, I I say Mahomes wins this deal solely based on the fact that, you know, he has his signature on a piece of paper that guarantee or not doesn't guarantee him, but, you know, says that he will be paid half a billion dollars. And... That's incredible. That's incredible money. And if, you know, I had I had my name on a contract like that that says I would be getting a half a billion dollars over 10 years, I would consider myself the winner no matter what. Uh, so that's why I consider Patrick Mahomes the winner. Uh, personally, the fact that they apparently they can they can they cut him at any point in time is what I've heard. I believe so. Uh, that makes it better, in my opinion, for the front office as a deal. But... Uh, just in general, contracts like this scare me a little bit. The fact that you can get rid of them after any year makes it better, but the contracts are of this length with this amount of money uh, scare me just because when you look at some of the big names in NFL history that have signed contracts like this, I think the most recent one was Calvin Johnson, who signed a 10-year deal. And we all know what happened. He ended up retiring early and stuff like that not being able to finish out his 10-year deal, which, I mean, he's still stuck with the Lions as long as he could, but he was forced to retire. And I think another one of them was Mike Vick's contract with the Atlanta Falcons. And, I mean, that didn't really work out very well for, I mean, either side at that point in time. Normally you see money like this in baseball, which is a much less, you know, physically taxing injury-wise kind of sport. And... I don't know. I'm just a little concerned when you see a 10-year deal in a sport where you've seen quarterbacks like Andrew Luck retire early. People like Luke Keekley call it quits before, you know, he's passed his prime. Granted, as you said, with the contracts being with the Chiefs being able to get out of the contract at any point in time, that makes it much better. But I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of 10-year deals or long, really long-year deals in a league like the NFL because just because the, the possibility of, of you know, anything could happen in terms of injury and something like that more than in some other sports. And you're, and you're fair to 
to be cautious about giving someone that deal, just in general. But when you look at Patrick Mahomes, what, 24, 25 years old, is, I mean, who knows if this is the prime, but oh my goodness. I mean, first player to 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, first, youngest player to ever win Super Bowl MVP, and yes, twenty four years old. He'll he's turning twenty five in September. So this contract goes until he's what, thirty six, thirty seven? You well, said twelve years? Yeah, yeah. So it'll be thirty six, thirty seven. I mean, come on, man, we're seeing Brady. He's if, if they can keep the O line, which I believe the O line will at least stay intact for this next season. Check out the column that check, Nick wrote for Arrowhead Live on check, the O line. Yeah, check out the column, please. But yeah, I mean, I just see this as such a great deal for all sides because it's taking it, – and the contract looks gigantic, yes. But if you gave him like five years, $300 million twice, do the math. I mean, 10 years, $600 million is what you'd have to pay. Anyways. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think I just think both sides win. Patrick Mahomes gets all this money, and he might buy the team when he's done. Exactly. <laughs> I think he's already a part owner of the Royals, isn't he? he? Is. Yeah, he invest is. in some of that money. Well, and I mean, that's good. And just uh, I, I did find Kendall Fuller's contract. It is four year, forty million. So a, a decent contract for a corner. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, just just my only concern with this. I mean, the money makes sense. Have wanting to have the contract. Well, I mean, I mean, when it shakes out to fifty million a year, it seems like a lot. But I mean, he is was you know MVP of the league, Super Bowl champion already at at twenty four years old, which is incredible. I mean, as I said, the only thing that concerns me about it, about it is the years, uh, and I mean, and and that's really about it. The fact that the, the Chiefs can get rid of him at any point in time makes it a lot better as i already said and yet the only thing that concerns me about this i mean he's already dealt with a knee injury it wasn't a bad knee injury it didn't cause him to miss a season or lose the rest of a season or anything like that but we have seen him we have seen him suffer an injury and i mean i don't think he's injury prone or anything by any means we've seen him take some hits and get right back up but just a 10-year deal scares me with today's nfl and the way that people are talking about injuries all right sounds good Sounds sounds good, and it's a fair point you made. But we can move on to America's pastime, as people say. So moving on to the MLB. The MLB season, as it's been cut uh, from, you know, 162 games down to, like, whatever, 60 or 70 games or whatever it is, uh, is about halfway through already, which is incredible because we only started it, you know, a month ago, but it makes sense because we've already played close to 30 games. Uh, looking at the standings and everything that's going on, standings, numbers, all that fun stuff, who do you think is the best team in baseball this year? Not not just American League and National League, but in general as a whole, who do you think the best team in baseball is? So they haven't showed their complete potential. I would choose the San Diego Padres. They just acquired former all-star relief pitcher Trevor Rosenthal from the Kansas City Royals. He's been having a solid year this year. Granted, he didn't look good, you know, last year and the year before that. But so far this season, you know, being back in the in the Kansas City TV market, I've been able to see him pitch and close a couple of games, and he has looked solid. Yeah, I believe he's looked great too easily. Probably the Royals' best reliever. And the great talent they have across the board. Fernando Tatis at shortstop, or Fernando Tatis Jr. at shortstop, Mr. Rule Breaker himself of the unwritten rules. 
And then you have first baseman Eric Hosmer. There's some championship DNA there, a leadership role. And highly paid third baseman Manny Machado. Just three or four incredible players that are essential pieces to a championship roster. And I'm just very excited to see what more they have in store this MLB season, this shortened season. I know they're back five or six games of the Dodgers, and it's not looking like they're going to be able to catch them. But in this long playoffs playoffs anyways with, what, 16 teams they have, something yep. like that, it doesn't really matter where they place because they're— you know, say it's, the, it's the top two from each division and then two wild cards, so they're, they're pretty firmly— in a playoff spot right now. I'll check on that just to make sure there's nobody catching them right away. But, yeah, they do have a two-game lead on the Rockies, and they are five games behind. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. But, yeah, just very excited to see what they have going in store to October and then seeing them in October because they do have talent. ESPN has their percentage chance of making the playoffs as 94% as of right now, which is, is, you know, pretty high. Oh, yeah. But you go ahead, sir. I am going to actually take the team that is above them in the division, and this is an easy pick, and I'm sorry it's an easy pick and it's a gimme pick because to pick you know, the team with the best record in baseball this year to be the best team in baseball, but that just makes sense. Uh, the Dodgers are 25-10, and 10, winning over 70% of their games this season. They play in a strong division where they have two other teams in the division that are over 500, which a lot of other divisions, you know, can't speak of right now because you have some, you know, the NL Central is weak with only one team. The uh, NL East has two teams at 500, that kind of stuff. Uh, so they play in a strong division. And when you look at when you look at how they're performing this season, uh, in terms of on-base percentage, they're in the top 10. In terms of ERA, as a pitching staff, including the starters and the bullpen, they're second in the league. So they have the offense, they have the pitching, they have the players to win a championship, they have the championship DNA, they have Mookie Betts, he's an MVP, they have Kobe, Cody Bellinger, he's an MVP, they've got the people that can hit the home runs, like Max Muncy. It's an unbelievably complete team with players like Walker Bueller on the mound, Clayton Kershaw on the mound. You know, Kenley Jansen is not what he used to be, but he's still a good closer. They've got good arms in the bullpen. I feel like we say this about the Dodgers every year, and then they don't win, which is which is well, what happens. There we, are some reasons. I was going to say they should have beaten then. the Astros, but I mean, I feel like you know we, we the watch who they they should have beaten the Astros. The Asterix. Oh, okay. The Asterix. Um, Thank you very much. So they should have beaten them, but you know we we've seen you know the Cubs beat them in the sixteen championship series. You know, the Nationals beat them in the championship series last year. They lost in the World Series twice to the Red Sox and your uh, your Houston team. <laughs> the who? The uh, Astros. The Astros. <laughs> um, Thank you very much. So I'm sick so, of it. So I mean maybe this is their year to to get over the hump. And and we'll see about that. I mean but if I think I think if you're taking a dark horse team if you're taking a dark horse team this year, don't sleep on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay leading that American League East uh, by a pretty good margin, actually, too. Tampa Bay's leading that American League East by four games over New York right now. Uh, they've been playing extremely well. I think they were the first, they were one of the first teams to, I think, they swept the Yankees and the Red Sox recently on, on like one road trip. I think they were like the first team to do that. 
and and they've just looked really good this year. So, so uh, I mean, they've been making runs at the playoffs the past couple of years, and they've been having trouble because you know the Yankees had the best record in baseball last year, and the Red Sox have won the World Series recently, and that kind of stuff. So they've had you know championship caliber teams in their division, but the the Rays might be legit this year, especially with the way the injuries are crippling the Yankees right now. I'm thinking the Rays will open up that division lead as the Yankees are trying to get healthy and secure one of the higher spots in the American League playoff picture. Yeah, I believe that the the Rays are a legitimate. If you're up by four games against the highly touted Yankees, and I believe this is, I still believe this, even though they're, they have all the injuries, they've been hurt a lot. This Yankees team is one of the most talented Yankees teams to ever play. This Yankees team. Garrett Cole, Glaber, Aaron Judge, Jan Carlos Stanton. I mean, just an incredible. Even guys like El Gary, Gary Sanchez, catcher. I mean, he's just, they, they have so much talent everywhere. They do, but once again, they're having problems like they did last year with just suffering injuries. And what we were saying about the Rays, Rays are top five in ERA and, and top seven in on-base percentage this year. I mean, they're talented, and I mean, even if the Yankees are at full strength, I think this team could give them a run for their money uh, in a in a four game series or in a, a best of seven series where you got to win four in the playoffs. Also, you saw what the MLB is doing with the playoff bubbles, correct? No, I did not. The MLB is doing a playoff bubbles. The National League will be playing in the National League playoffs will take place in Houston and the Texas Rangers new stadium. And the American League playoffs will take place in San Diego and Los Angeles. You said the Rangers play in Houston? No, the Rangers' new stadium in Arlington, Texas. Oh, excuse where me. Is where uh, is where some of the National League playoffs will be. And then the World Series will also be at that new stadium in uh, Arlington. Sounds so, good to me. So they, it looks like they have put a, a plan in place for a playoff bubble to try and keep some of the, the uh, COVID risk down to try and get through the playoffs without having any stoppages or any teams having to you know quarantine for weeks which makes a lot of sense i I like it no i like it i believe that's easily the smartest way to go and we're going to take a short break but don't go anywhere we have our moments of the week and upsets of the week you are listening to the weekly walkthrough here on case 88.1 and we will be right back shortly Mommy, no one's buying any lemonade for our team. Maybe the lemonade's too sour. Sounds like Mama needs a little sugar. You need a sweet sign from Diggit Graphics. Who are you? They call me T. Shirts. Shirts. Diggit Graphics has all the hottest vinyl banners and signs in town. Besides, you know what they say. When life hands you lemons. You make lemonade? No, man. You squirt that bad boy back in life's eye. Oh. Diggit Graphics. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Diggitgraphics.com. Shirts. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Hey, Mizzou fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 80% of MU students have a negative opinion of people who litter during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM.
we are back for our final 10 minutes or so here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Just before we get back into it, we'd like to thank you all for listening today. We really appreciate you being here with us, whether you're listening in your car, on your radio, or online. We appreciate you listening to the show this morning. Uh, we are going to now go back to doing one of our old oldest traditions here on the show uh, and we're going to move into our moments and upset picks of the week. Uh, Nick, would you like to start with your moment of the week? My moment of the week was last night, LeBron James taking the knee during the national anthem along with paying the Wakanda tribute to... With the X. Yep, yeah, with to T'Challa and the role he played as Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. And shout out to LeBron for always speaking up for what he believes. And even if you don't believe and support LeBron James and what he believes, you I at least respect his respect his leadership and willing to speak about political discussions that he is passionate about and feels are necessary to be talked about. My moment of the week is also pretty directly related to that. Uh Pierre Emerick Aubameyang scored the opening goal for Arsenal yesterday in the Community Shield against Liverpool, a game that Arsenal eventually won on penalties. Great soccer match. Wish we had more time to talk about that, but fun to watch. Uh, he celebrated his goal, which was a fantastic strike from the top of the box, by doing the Black Panther celebration. Same kind of thing that LeBron did with the X over the chest as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. We knew Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was a... Uh, was a Chadwick Boseman fan uh, because we'd seen him before in games pull out actually a Black Panther mask after a goal and put it on and do the celebration. So, uh, so, so that was a big thing. That was a big thing for him too. So both of our moments of the week relating to the very unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman, uh, Chadwick Boseman due to stage four colon cancer so very sad week in the sports world very very 2020's just been tough man lost the black mamba and the black panther yeah yeah it's just it is it's been a tough tough year for just about everyone but go ahead with your upset of the week eth my upset of the week and i know you're a little upset that i got this down on the uh on the show flow before you did by this time next week I am saying that the Heat will be leading the series against the Bucks. I believe three games will have been played with the fourth game scheduled for next Sunday by the time we're on the air. So I am saying that the Heat will be up in that series. I'm going to take a wild, wild guess and say it's going to be 2-1. I don't think they'll be up 3-0. But I do think the Miami Heat will be on top of that series going into next Sunday's Game 4. But coming up in six minutes, give you something to watch. I ta- I'm taking the Boston Celtics to beat the Raptors today. The Celtics, they have a lot of great guards that can shoot the rock. Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. And just across the board, they've got just got some guys who are great role players. Daniel Tice, who's one of their big men. I just, I just like how their team's made up. I think they're built to win a game one against Toronto Raptors, and historically the Raptors haven't been great in game ones anyways. And we saw what happened last year when the Celtics won game one in the second round of the playoffs. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. See we did. What... The Bucks took the next four pretty easily, actually. And next thing we're going to do on this show, a new, a new tradition we're going to create, is a thing to look out for for next week. And for me, I will go first. 
I see Tyler Hero having a gigantic week. There are rumors surfacing on the Twitter sphere that he has been cheated on. This is bubble Tyler Hero we're talking about. This is Mr. Average 40 points a game in high school. You don't cheat on this man. I expect him to average 20 over the next three games going into next week. That's my thing to look out for. Tyler Hero, don't, don't disrespect the king. You go, Eth. You're putting me on the spot here. I didn't even know this was a thing we were doing <laughs> until just now. You don't have to have one. Um, you just show you just show me that report, though. Oh yeah, I mean the new report in the Messi saga, transfer saga, is that the 700 million dollar release clause expired at the end of this season, which would be huge. But at the same time, I don't think that we're going to see a transfer happen by the end of this week. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to say that the the Cubs will win two thirds of their games this week. Two thirds, boo. So I'm, I'm saying they'll win. Uh, They'll take two out of three from each of their series this week. Who they play, do you know? No idea. No idea. No idea, but they just traded for Jose Martinez from the Rays, who we've seen in the division on the Cardinals, can definitely hit the ball. But that's what happens when you put me on the spot. I don't know where they're playing. Look look out for Ethan's favorite team doing well within the next week, the Chicago Cubs. You know, oh well. (laughs) We appreciate you all listening. This has been the weekly walkthrough. We give you a weekly breakdown of the biggest news in sports. I'm Nick Catlin. Alongside me, Ethan Sum. We appreciate you all listening. We are available on Spotify and on Twitter at Weekly Walk KCOU. That is at Weekly Walk KCOU. And at Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, it is Weekly Walkthrough. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have a great week and stay safe out there. Mask up. You have a good weekend and the rest of your week, everyone. We'll see you back here at 11 a.m. Uh, next week. Thanks again for listening. How could you be so heartless?